I'm Jay Empress, and my company is Impressive Expression. This, 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 this is, is, this is diversified, diversified, diversified game, game, game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Gang, you guys are in for a South Florida treat. I have Jay Empress on. We could have did this in public, um, in person, you know, because we are so close in um, vicinity, but there's always round two. You know, we always want to have a round two, three, four in life. You just want to be able to connect and hold on when it's right. So, Jay, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Thank you for having me. I am blessed and beautiful. I'm feeling great. Awesome. And that you are. Can you tell the people, you know, who you are as a spoken word artist, who you are as a healer? I just like to say artist and a creative because I, I don't, I'm not in a box. I don't want to put you in a box. And when I transition, I don't want to be put in a box. And so I want to be free to be me. So let the people know who you are. I say I so appreciate that because I like to say that I'm a bit of a paradox. I definitely do not like to be put in a box. I have so many different titles and so many different hats. And at the core of it, I am an artist. Everything that I do is through artistry. And uh, my main form of uh, artistic expression is through poetry, spoken word, of course. Um, but I'm also a healer, as you said. Um, so my self-described title is Grio Soulseer, which is an acronym. Um, Grio is um, Goddess Rebel Inspiring Original Thought. And then Soulseer is, you know, a spiritual um, storyteller, someone that, you know, is a creative visionary. So that's like all of my artistry in a nutshell. But um, I do erotic poetry. I conduct workshops based off of my creative expression. I teach Black women how to heal themselves and love themselves unapologetically, um, especially through using uh, sacred sexuality because I'm all about, you know, the soccer energy and being sexy and all those type of things. Um, what else do I do? I have a book. I'm an author or an authoress, as Maya from Girlfriends used to say. Um, let me see what else. So many different things. Artistpreneur. My business is Impressive Expressions. And again, I use my artistry to um, help people, especially Black women, uh, learn how to tap into expressing themselves, expressing themselves creatively. So that is probably a small little preview of everything that I do, but I will leave it at that for now. And tell the people, um, because sometimes, you know, those of us who came up in the 80s and 90s, when they hear erotic poetry, they think Punani poets, which if you've never been to one of their events, oh man, I'm sorry you missed it or haven't been, but tell us, you know, what is erotic poetry? Because folks might go back to HBO and say, oh, that's what she does. She gyrates while doing her poetry, while stripping naked, and calls that, you know, art. And so for the prudes, let them know, you know, your style. For the prude, oh man. <laughs> My style, I'm, I'm centrally vulgar. I'm, I'm definitely for the sapiosexual, those people who really like 
um, words and, and, you know, for things to be put together in an intelligent, eloquent way. So like I'm one who, I used to like read the dictionary when I was younger. So I'm someone who's very, very into words and I like to paint a very vivid picture with my words. But I also get very poetically and artistically nasty. Like <laughs> I feel like sex is, you know, sex is, is, is healing. It's also pleasurable. It's fun. And I believe in, you know, just being very open about it. So a lot of folks, when they hear erotic poetry, they think, you know, the, the very pornographic and very nasty. And it can be that. Like, we that's how we all got here. Let's be real. <laughs> But, you know, I also like to add in the sensual elements of it because, you know, sex is freedom and it's not just the the physical act of it, it's the intimacy. So, like I said, I like to paint, you know, pictures. I like to tell a story. So when you journey through my erotic poems, there's always like there's there's a build up. There's a um, there's I like to say it's, it's like a meal. I give you, you know, the appetizer. I give you the, the main platter and then I give you the dessert. You know, there's a whole three course, sometimes five course, you know, um, meal that I serve you through my words so that you leave feeling very satisfied, you know, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. It's a whole holistic experience. So I hope that answered your question, but it's, I'll, I'll have to provide a little, you know, sample later on to give you a, give you a real taste of what I do. Anytime you want to jump in with that, feel free, because I think we're going to be going, we must be going through like another sexual revolution. The, you know, we weren't there uh, in the 60s and 70s to experience that. But it seems like even Netflix now with Gwyneth Paltrow has like the Goop Lab and they're showing what people have been doing for decades but they're showing it on a big platform where this used to be so taboo. My wife and I were just watching it and I'm like, yeah, they talk in my language. Well, they're talking all of our, and I mean all of our language because they're showing that it's not just the intercourse or even the kissing. It really starts with how you even talk to someone, the touch, the smell, the fragrance of that person. And if that is your tribe. So, you know, do you think that this like women coming in, to another platform of, hey, I can be who I want to be, and also men saying, okay, I can actually like those things that might have been taboo back in the day. Are we going through another revolution right now? Oh, that's a good question. First off, I want to know what's the name of that show so I can tune into it. It's the uh, um, Goop Lab, G-O-O-P. If you just type in Gwyneth Paltrow, it will pop right up in your Google and or your Netflix. And it's a series, so it's not just a one-night stand. Because, y'all, one-night stands ain't the plan. You need to have a real, you know, real relationship with the series. I feel that. I feel that. I do think um, we're coming through. It's not just a sexual revolution that I feel like we're coming into. I feel like that we're in the revolution of just, like, self-discovery. People are understanding that there's freedom in just being who you are and owning who you are and all parts of that. And so sex is, you know... Sex sells, so of course that's like at the forefront. But I think that you know that's all—it's all connected. You know what I mean? And like I like what you said about the the, the intimacy of it. Like it's it's when I think of erotic, I think about Audre Lorde, and I think about the erotic as power, and how it's not just about you know the intercourse it's about the sense the senses the sensuality of it you know what i mean like how something makes you feel the pleasure and it doesn't have to be something that's just um connected to the physical act like 
anything could be erotic. Joy is erotic. It's, it's that, that sensation of feeling that's within you. And so I feel like there's a revolution of people being able to really connect back with like what actually makes me feel good what makes me feel good on a spiritual level and being able to like really own it and embrace it unapologetically and that gets transformed into you know something that's very enjoyable on and also physical level but it's not just physical okay where do you think you know for our community and you know the world is our community to me so it's kind of a difficult question where did we go wrong with the whole taboo or even taking advantage of another person where that's all that i want it's almost like the purge like all i just need is that kill right and then everything is good until i need that next kill and you're never satisfied so you know like in the history of where things just stopped, it, it, it went wrong, where it was just me, 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 especially in this country, this country, this country? Oof, it's funny you ask that because I just finished for maybe the fourth time, um, Bell Hooks has this trilogy on love. And the first one is um, all about love. I'm trying to think what the subtitle is. Uh, I can't think of what the subtitle is right now. But it's like my book Bible and I read it almost every year. And so I read it again this year. And each time I read it, it's like new insights. And she talks about how, you know, America particularly, it's not just America, it's, it's the Western world, but definitely America in particular. Like we've just become so obsessed with consumerism you know what i mean and because we're so like such a consumerist culture everything has to be instantly accessible and that translates into how we think about love and when you think about social media social media is this really really dope tool but it makes everything so instantly available all the time and that's not how the real world works <laughs> that's not how love works and so i feel like you know with the millennials and, and, and definitely more gen Generation Z, there's been this kind of, um, this, this instant gratification where we, you know, get so caught up in the now, 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 and the, you know, I have to have things right now and I have to, it has to be just for me. And we divorce, you know, anything that has to take like patience, we divorce anything that's, you know, takes work because we think that work is something that is is, is, is to be despised or something that, you know, it, it's not rewarding. Like there's, uh, there's rewarding in the work that you do. There's redemption and struggle, but like we've, we've come to this generation of just like everything has to be so fast and it has to be very easy. And like, that's just not how life and love works. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like in the book, she talks about even though we have these very strong inclinations and these strong yearnings for love, because we're in this instantaneous type of, you know, culture and no one actually teaches folks how to love has become like very minimized. People are in this kind of um, conflict with themselves and with each other. Like you see the war of the sexes and stuff on social media where, you know, as much as you want love, you're afraid because if it's not quick, fast, if it's not easy, then you think that it's not worth it. And it's going to, you know, it's going to create pain. It's going to create sorrow, which again, is not something that we need to overemphasize because life is pain. 
Um, and so there becomes this like this conflict of like, okay, I want this really, really bad, but I don't know how to go after it. I don't want to put too much work into it. So instead I shut down and I close myself off and I hurt people. And then it creates this cycle, you know, because hurt people hurt people. So that's a long way of saying like, yeah, the, 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 with social media and technology and, you know, just us being, especially in America, just being, you know, wanting everything <laughs> whenever we can get it like we just we just kind of shut ourselves off and you know repress ourselves and now we're getting to a point especially with the pandemic where it, it allowed people to really sit and reflect and think about like what's most important now we're starting to see through that and understand that like it does everything doesn't have to be so quickly and there's that um that saying of like um if it's worth it, you'll work for it. I'm paraphrasing, that's not how it goes. But pretty much, you know, if it's worth it, you'll work for it. So now people are starting to understand that work isn't something to be afraid of. Like, it's a reward in making the actual effort. Well, speaking about books, there's, you know, The Wild Yanni Flower, written by you on Amazon. You guys, links are in the description. There you go. And, you know, let's talk about your book, because when you said, you know, is it worth it? I'm like, is she got to bust out Missy? You know, is it worth it? I mean, it's worth it. But let's talk about your book and, you know, why you wrote the book and what people can get out of the book. Yeah, so it's Wild Yoni Flower, A Self-Love Journey. And um, it's, I call it my poetic memoir. It's pretty much a collection of my favorite poems and diary entries that really just reveal me in my fullest, raw, vulnerable state, like everything. Um, and it's in three parts, wild, yoni, and flower. The wild is like <laughs> what it sounds like. It's wild. Um, wild from like sexual, wild from being unapologetic. Like I have a, a chapter that's like no f given. Um, yoni is more of the spiritual side of me. Yoni is, you know, um, uh, for your temple, your sacred sex, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a nicer way of saying that. Um, so it's the, it's more of the spiritual side of me. It's more of the sensual side of me. And then flower is like my soft, delicate parts, you know, so my affirmations, um, also spiritual uh, essence of me and just like, you know, the growth of myself. So I wrote this, um, I wrote this really just for me, because like I said, at first, it, it, it's a collection of my journal entries. So a lot of it I wrote when I was going through different spiritual journeys. Like most of it, actually, I did my first um, fast. I did my first fast and I woke up at a certain time. I only ate certain things, you know, and ate at a certain time of day. And I journaled, you know, through 21 days. And out of those 21 days, a lot of <laughs> the wisdom and gems that came out of that came uh, went into this book. So, you know, it, it's it's a, a great piece of like self-discovery of, of learning how to really look at all the parts of yourself and embrace the parts of yourself, the, the wild, untamed parts, as well as the soft and vulnerable parts, vulnerable parts, um, and just being able to love all of that unapologetically and unashamedly. So... That is why I wrote the book. But I, I, I got to push back. 
and go even deeper on the book because when hearing you speak and you are a poet, so of course you have a poetic voice. Thank you. I don't yet see the audio book that people are waiting for so they can wake up and go to sleep to, <laughs> to win the audio book read by yourself. No one else can read it. When is that coming out? No, I've been told that so many times that I need to do an audio book or audio books. Um, so that's something that I really need to prioritize. I've been writing, um, I have several other books on the making and I've been writing another book actually on the uh, the more difficult parts of my life. So this does have some, it's, it's, like I said, it's very raw, rap raw, vulnerable, but it's, it's more sensual. And even though there are some elements that are kind of sad, it's, you know, more sexy. This book that I'm writing now is like delving into the pain. So I haven't really um, taken the time to think about recording, but I'm gonna have to prioritize that. I'm gonna have to get on that. Nosotras necesitas un audio libro. We need the audio book. We need, we need that in English and in Spanish because we are in South Florida and I know you are capable. So, the audio book is on the way, folks. Uh, we don't push. Send her messages. Hey, I wanted to get the book. Say you're illiterate. Say whatever you need to say. Tell her you want the audio book. Now, <laughs> now, now you, you do a lot of things as a creative. And you even, you know, get into the uh, beauty product line. So tell people, you know, when they go to your site, how and what products you have and what makes those products unique. Thank you. Oh man. Um, so I'm shifting. I started off with a lot of like cosmetic products um, with uh, handcrafted body butters and I still have some available on sale. I have to put them back on the site, but um, Majestic Melanin Magic was my first body butter and then Indigo Magic. So everything is poetically inspired. Like I said, I'm an artist first and foremost and my main form of artistry is poetry. So all of my uh, products are poetically inspired, either directly from a poem or you know the essence of a poem. So, um, and they all come with like uh, poetic cards that, you know, detail what inspired the actual product. So I have handcrafted body butters, um, all organic ingredients. I have um, poetic apparel, so different, um, like in the top one, I have on different um, crop tops and, and hoodies, mostly for the ladies, but there are some unisex shirts available for the guys as well. Um, that have like my symbol. You can see my pillow on the back. Um, this is a, a West African Adinkra symbol uh, for creativity, Anansi, um, the spider web. And so I have a lot of different, uh, different uh, apparel that have that symbol on it. I have some different quotes um, from my poems on like tote bags and stuff, pillows. What else? There are affirmation cards. So um, many, like many four by six, five by seven cards that you can put up in your mirror. You can frame them, you know, that have words that will help inspire you and empower you if you're feeling a little bit down or just to, like I say, use affirmations like it's like mantras, whether you're in a good mood or you're not in a good mood. It's, it's a daily practice that you must implement. So I have those available. 
um, and then I have um, spiritual talisman, which are pretty much like travel affirmation pouches. I wish I had the stuff here so I could sh demonstrate. Um, but the the pouches are different uh, mixtures of herbs that I put together, flowers and herbs, and then a little. Um, affirmation in it you know that says i'm strong i am anchored i am protected i am loved um so that you can put in your purse put in your pocket and you know whenever you just need that a little reminder having that that sensual reminder something that you can smell something that you can feel something that you can read it's available and um, and then my book of course is also available i also have a course um it's on pause right now but i have my first artistic course available wild um wild and sexy <laughs> wild and sexy self-love series so we got tongue tied um and it's pretty much teaching again for black women because that's my 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 base first and foremost i may open it up a little bit later but it's for black women um teaching them how to get in touch with their sexuality and being able to get comfortable with it um in a way to unapologetically express yourself and so that's a five-week course that will be returning next year and um probably the end of january so stay tuned you know for that there's my newsletter and yeah there's a whole bunch of stuff on the website to to peruse and look at and shop you definitely won't be bored and you won't get lost because it's very neat and clean you know to to go through you said a key word so i gotta pause anything else that i was thinking about but when you say africa and it's on your body and the symbol i need to know have you been able to connect have you been able to visit africa are you like myself getting ready to go to sierra leone next month so you can go get your citizenship in salon bobo um let us know your relationship with africa Okay, so I need to know more about that. The citizenship of Sierra Leone. That's 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 super dope. Um, yes, I have had the opportunity to go to the continent. Um, I went to Tanzania in 2016, and um, I lived there for a month, and it was amazing. It was it was amazing. I actually was thinking about it um, not too long ago. I haven't been back since, unfortunately, um, but I have so many great memories and and so many like ideas that you know have been there that inspired um and so i definitely want to go back again and i want to do a, a continental road trip actually i would love to just ride <laughs> from like madagascar to morocco you know i know i'm gonna have to use a boat at some point but <laughs> i would i would love to do that um i'm very 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 afrocentric so like if you you can kind of see <laughs> around you know implements of um of the continent and of the diaspora i'm definitely about my people wherever they are because we're global you know but um yeah i i i speak a little bit of swahili i'm a little ashamed to, to say i lost a lot of it french has been you know i've been i've been really obsessed with french lately so french has been at the forefront but um i know a little bit of swahili i've been learning yoruba i did my um ancestry and i've learned that um i have nigerian ancestry i'm not sure with which ethnic tribe yet i'm thinking yoruba and jay actually is um jaye in yoruba which means to enjoy life all right i'm gonna send you some stuff you'll see it in your dm and you tell me when it's too much because i can give you 
uh, the whole, like I'm creating, a, um, I have a course on how to travel, but we'll get into that and uh, off air and I'll even I'll share more. Um, let me ask, and since you speak, you know, Swahili a little bit, I would have said, Uhaligani, and, you know, we would have, you know, really tapped in the, the right way. I, Kenya, I still got y'all on my wrist, man. Um, Tanzania, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to, I can't wait to see you again. Um, when you went to Africa, ask, tell the people, what was the vibe? What was the feeling that you got? Did they tell you, foreigner, get out of here, you're not welcome? <laughs> so it was oh man it was ah uh, it was it was uh, it's, it's indescribable it was so many different things at once um because it was it was heartbreaking a little in some moments i'm not gonna lie um it was amazing it was super beautiful it was a, a great learning experience so like I said, I was there for a month and um, I had the opportunity to actually stay locally because um, I went with um, with my teacher, my uh, Swahili teacher. So I got to stay and live with his family. So I got a, a whole different experience than if I was to like go with the school, which is what I was supposed to do um, originally. And that got, you know, canceled. So I'm very stubborn and I was like, uh-uh, like I have the opportunity to go, I'm gonna figure out <laughs> and, and do this. So we, um, we did this kind of like off the books internship and I stayed with him and his family for a month and I volunteered. And so having that hands-on experience, I got to really like be immersed <laughs> in the culture. Um, and that was a blessing, but also it was very challenging because, you know, you know how black people are whenever we don't know you, no matter where we from, like there's that, you know, we got to kind of, scope you out you know you gotta be vetted <laughs> and like i expected that but i didn't expect the vetting process to take so long <laughs> and i think that because i was i mean it, it was my first trip so like I, I i had certain expectations and then i tried not to come with like preconceived expectations but you know trying to navigate through all of that it leaves you kind of off balance. And I think folks can sense that because it wasn't until I I just was like, fuck it, I'ma just be me, that I had a much better experience. Like the first couple of weeks, I was doing my best to kind of like fit in and, you know, I'm speaking the language. And it's like, I stuck out like a sore thumb, you know? And that was for better or for worse. Cause sometimes they would say, you know, welcome home dada, welcome home sister. And, you know, um, there was a lot of, uh, Tanzanians are very, very hospitable. So there was definitely a lot of, you know, warmth and hospitality, but then sometimes there was like this kind of, um, scrutiny that I just couldn't seem to get away from. And it seemed even more highlighted me being a, a, a black person and a light-skinned black person at that, because where I was, I was in um, Arusha, which is the, the mountainous area of Tanzania. I was in Arusha and then I spent um, a week in Dar es Salaam, which oh, I love Dar es Salaam, and then Zanzibar, which is like my, oh, my heart, my dream space. I cannot wait to go back to Zanzibar. Um, but at first in Arusha, yeah, it was a lot of like scrutiny. And even though they receive a lot of different tourists and stuff, I guess they hadn't received a lot of like black Americans. So they were used to Europeans 
white Europeans. So they really didn't know how to place me. <laughs> and, you know, it, it left me feeling very, very off-centered and off-balance for a minute. Um, and I had my first set of locks, which were much longer and much um, skinnier. And so they kept thinking I was Jamaican. And so I had, <laughs> you know, correcting folks. I got my Trini flag over there. And I'm like, no, Trini. They didn't know. And so I just kept being called uh, Rossi, Rossi, Rossi. <laughs> so that was a little bit like annoying and frustrating. And then I got robbed like my first um, <laughs> first week there in a sea of these white folks. And they picked my ass out and I got pickpocketed. I was so hurt. So there was, there was definitely like some challenges. But once I, I just learned to kind of find my own footing and just recognize that whatever I do, I'm going to stick out. So just embrace, embrace being different. And I think that, that it was a lesson for not just um, Tanzania or Africa, but like period, you know what I mean? Just be, being able to embrace like your differences, you know what I mean? Like you're going to stand out wherever and it doesn't have to be a bad thing. And once I was able to do that, then I was able to embrace, you know, the differences that I received from other folks, as well as, you know, them not being able to understand and have certain questions, even certain questions that were a little bit uncomfortable. Um, I, I really enjoyed myself. And like I said, I learned so much. The, the, the countryside was absolutely beautiful. The, the fruits, oh, oh my God. So yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. And I can't wait to go back. Man, you, you, your, your story, I love hearing the story um, and I'll tell you what it could what could have been was since it was your first time on the continent, a fish out of water, but that this is where I belong. This is me. And, you know, anytime they take a, let me watch my words because people will take this and say, he said, he's calling you in a kata, folks. Hey, I'm from Oconda, y'all. I'm, I'm from Oconda. I'm from Oakland, California. But, you know, I don't. Uh, the the word akata you don't bother me like many words because they're just words and you probably ain't talking to me but you you take a fish you take any animal and put it back in its natural environment yeah. here things don't make sense sometimes to us why many of us are locked up because naturally that's not how we do stuff in our dna that's not we have to learn how to do stuff and we are African. There are things that globally black folks do the same way Asians and everybody else, right? So you are just getting back in. And a month is the minimum you need to spend, y'all, if you go to Africa. The minimum you need to spend. A week ain't enough. This ain't London. This ain't Jamaica. You need to be there for um, at least a month. And so that that's all it was. Just getting used to the things. And you got your Swahili down. I'm so proud of you that you even wanted to learn. Because so many, yeah, so many other Americans would be like, eh, it's too hard. But you know, Mandarin and everything else. I, and, you know, but to each his own. Because the local consultima, you know, you guys are in your own movie. It's all good. Um, with Africa, have you thought of going and making it almost a business trip? And it doesn't have to be Tanzania, but it could be where you find where you're from you know, wherever that may be, or somewhere, anywhere in the world, the whole continent is yours. Have you thought like, I want to do a whole poetry tour here because they don't have what you do over there, the way you do it. And I will tell you more off air 
that I, I don't want to bore the people with your personal plan that I'm thinking for you. But give us the game on if you go back and actually opening up a bank account and doing some tours. Has that even crossed the mind? Yeah, actually, I thought about that a lot. Um, I thought about that before I went to Tanzania. And it's funny because Tanzania wasn't initially on my radar. Um, I always wanted to go to Kenya. But, but besides that, I mostly wanted to visit uh, West Africa and then um, Ethiopia and um, Morocco and North Africa. But like, I didn't even like think about Tanzania. It was one of those uh, kismet things. I was uh, learning Swahili. I started practicing um, Kwanzaa. And the next thing I knew, my school was like, they were going to do this trip to Tanzania. And so I'm like, yes, this is my opportunity to finally visit the continent. And like I said, that trip fell through, but I was like, uh-uh, I'm gonna make this happen. But um, yeah, before I made that trip, I had already been thinking of it. I wanted to, I, um, I was going into a graduate program and I got my master's in African and African diaspora studies. So like I said, black as hell, <laughs> Afrocentric as hell. Um, and I wanted to do my research at first on um, griot poets, you know, in West Africa, just the whole, the whole artistry of, you know, the griot, um, not just the aspect of like, that they're a poet, you know, that's why I adopted the moniker for myself, not just that they're a poet, but they're a storyteller. They are a culture keeper, actually. You know what I mean? They chronicle the cultures of, you know, where they're from. And I really wanted to, like, connect that to, like, our history. Like, how, how does the griot show up in the African diaspora, particularly in, you know, um, in America? So, you know, I was thinking about doing that and having that reference to be able to go back and forth and, you know, um, tour and things like that. Um, but I ended up studying something else and I kind of, you know, put it on the shelf. But when I went to Tanzania, one of my favorite artists, um, uh, Diamond, 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 uh, Diamond Platinum, with on. Yes. And it's funny because he is like, he's, he's kind of considered a little bit eccentric, you know, like he's definitely, not really like the norm, you know, um, in Tanzania, um, someone with tattoos and, you know, singing and now he's like, he's crossed over and he's, he's, he's in so many different genres and stuff. Um, and so I, I thought about, um, you know, creating avenues to be able to do things like that, but I, I was still learning the language. And so long story short, I've, I've thought about it, but, you know, I, have, I was doing so many other different things and I was like, I need to get a, a firmer grasp on the language. But like I said, I want to do a continental, you know, tour uh, or just a continental visit. So, yeah, that's something I would definitely love to connect with you further about because, yeah, there's so many different places in Africa that I want to go to. There's so many different places that, like, I'm really steeped in the, the history and the culture. So to be able to, and the music, <laughs> so to be able to, you know, go and do what I do and to, you know, infuse that with the different languages, the different, you know, um, music styles. Oh, hell yeah. That would be, that would be so boss. Yes. Yes. All the yes. Yes. Well, you know, he's eccentric because any brother that will catch a grenade for you as long as he wants you to. And every time that you lay down with him, he'll make you. Well, you guys got to hear that part in Swahili. I don't want to, you know, you got you to hear it. But yeah, that's, you know, plus when you're, you know, worth millions of dollars, um, 
every artist can't even say that. So yeah, he's going to be a little different. He's been exposed to something different. And uh, we love that exposure. You guys go check out his song, African Beauty with the Marion, and you, you will, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll love it. I, I almost guarantee if you have a love for Africa, you'll love that song, wherever you're from. You know, Marion's speaking Swahili in there, y'all. Um, you know, he, he's singing. Uh, Neo, too. I can't recall yes. the name right now, but there's one with Neo that's really beautiful. And Neo is speaking Swahili, key Swahili. Yeah, yeah. So you know, that is a beautiful thing. Now, let me ask you, and it's my signature question. I, um, you know, for all the success that you've had and the best is yet to come, because you're young, you're vibrant, you're ambitious, black don't crack, so you're going to be here, you know, just able to move for decades and decades and decades and decades and decades. Let me know, yeah, what is the community give back that you're doing or that you want to do in the future? Like, that just, <laughs> that just, like, lights me up because there's so many things that I want to do. The ultimate thing that I would like to do, so I'm a traveler, um, and my goal is to actually live around the world. I'm in the process of making that happen where I can be untethered to any one physical space for at least a year. I just want to be able to move around. But um, how that relates to my business, I want to create Black self-care retreats um, and with an artistic spin, of course, um, where you get to, you know, explore your creative expression and, you know, yourself through creative expression. But in these either... I want it to be black um, diasporic countries, but even countries that aren't majority black, that there's still, you know, I always, my, there's a, um, a, a mentor that I have, she's from Trinidad, and she always says, you know, look for the African in everything. So, you know, whether I am going to Middle Eastern countries, like, where, where's the African? You know, where, where are we? So, you know, I want us to be able to, like, tap into our history, no matter where we are, and, you know, have that a part of these self-care retreats and ultimately i mean it's going to be a business venture but i would love to be able to um sponsor a few folks where that's something that they don't have to pay for at all they just show up and get treated and you know receive all these healing services and be in a different country and learn about again us our experience in that country while you know exploring their sense of self so that's it in a nutshell. There's way more details, but, you know, mom's the word on that. And you guys got to, you know, check in um, on her website and then find out what her favorite social medias are where she will talk back and understand that some of that talk for some of your questions may be, you know, some paid time. She's a consultant, you know, I'm, I'm the, so the consultant had on her. She's a teacher. She's a healer. So just you be ready for that. But. I'd love to know, and this is a very teachable moment, whether someone's 14 or 44, because I can remember being 14 and loving to write in my journal and then on the computer and people saying, how you going to make money doing that? That's all you do. You know, you're going to be broke and this and that. And now I have to ask them, hey, y'all, I think it's work. <laughs> I, I think it's work, but doing various things, and it surely wasn't an easy road. So can you let that young poet or even that older poet know what are the ways that once your poetry is done, you know, besides the book, 
are there ways that you can still get paid as a poet now? Can you go on tour? And how does one even start to do that? Um, oh, that's a really, really great question. There's so many different ways to monetize, you know, what you do. But I do want to add a caveat that like everything that you do passionately does not have to be monetized. Um, so there has to be like a, a balance between, you know, doing what you love and getting compensated for it and getting compensated for it well, abundantly. Um, and also being able to do what you love just for the sake of it's what you love. But um, yeah, like it, it, it comes back to mindset first and foremost, you know, really understanding that abundance is everywhere. And, you know, whenever folks like start to think about, oh, you're not gonna make money for that and stuff like, that is a, a limiting mindset. And it's like, I, I don't even want, I don't want to deal with you. I don't want to deal with you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, because you will be surprised at what people are willing to pay for once you see the value in your work. You know, I mean, some folks could say like with painting, you could do finger painting and that can go for like five grand. It's, it's the same with poetry. You can write a small haiku and, you know, some will be willing to pay you thousands of dollars for it or to hear you speak. Um, but as far as specific ways other than like books, um, I would definitely say being able to go into teaching, teaching definitely. Um, yeah. So it's, it's definitely about the mindset and being able to really see value and what you put out into the world. Um, but uh, as far as like specifics outside of books, uh, teaching has really helped me. So being able to um, take what I write and transform it or, or uh, translate it in a way that people can understand it, you know, because people are like, when they when they see me perform, they, you know, they feel something, it, it, it resonates with them. And then, you know, I'll have young poets that will come up to me and say, I wish I could write like this, or I wish I could do this, this and that. And it's really just a matter of being able to translate what I do and, you know, uh, package it to show people that you can do it too. You don't have to do what I do, but you can, you know, do it in the manner or in the method in which I do it. So teaching is a, a really good way to monetize your art. Um, and it could be teaching as in the form of like workshops. I would definitely like um, incentivize and advise folks to like look into doing some type of poetry workshops or um, artistry type of workshops. Um, courses, definitely, especially in, in this time where we have uh, the digital platform is just forever expanding. Definitely do your online courses. That's definitely a way to um, make some, some money, some coin. Um, and then I would say, like, get creative with uh, when you talk about tours and stuff. Again, having this digital platform, I had started doing, I, I since put it on pause because I, I do so many different things. <laughs> so I'm trying like <laughs> limit because I'm only one person but um like I started doing a kind of a one woman um kind of in the in the spirit of Ntozaki Shanje like a choreo performance where it was my poetry but it was a little bit of burlesque and it was a little bit of this a little bit of that um on YouTube so you know you could create a platform like that um like OnlyFans people don't just use it just for <laughs> 
for sex, you could do something like that with your artistry where you create the demand. And again, it goes through your mindset. Once you really understand and you really see and embrace that I have something valuable to say or to share with the world, then you do that and you create a demand and people start, you know, investing and being interested and then you let it grow. And the one, the last thing I would say is just, you know, have patience and understand you said earlier that like it is a hard road you know and we can't underestimate that it does take work but there is reward in the work and it's not something for you to shy away from or to think that oh it's not going to happen once you decree something and believe it all you got to do is speak it and then just continue to follow through and the universe will grant you whatever it is that you want to do so that's my advice to all the folks out there. And this is a, a message. Even, I want to go even deeper with that because people say, okay, but I've been trying to do this and I've been trying to go full time and quit working this, you know, job that I hate going in. Um, what's that timeline or where do you see how much money does one have to make before they go full time? Because to be an entrepreneur is a risk and to be an artist and a creative entrepreneur is even like a bigger risk, I think, because it's based on so many different factors. So at what point would you like, did you even give yourself to say, hey, if I can replace this check and then I can go do what I want to do, like how was your mindset? when you, you know, were going through that? Well, I'm still not completely full-time, a uh, full-time artist. Um, well, I am and that I'm not uh, <laughs> because, um, so I've been in business for three years, um, but I also work at a nonprofit and I'm really, really blessed. And what I do for my, I call it my part-time passion, but my primary income <laughs> at the moment, um, it's still a passion, you know, it's still something that I, I really love to do. And it's a lot of like intersection and overlap. So, you know, in essence, I do get to do what I do full time, even though my primary income comes from, you know, this outside source for now. Um, so I say you have to really like assess, um, you know, you have to do like a cost risk analysis for yourself. And that looks different for each individual. Um, because like for me, when I started my business, I started my business when I was in the midst of grad school. And I got so many, you know, pushback from um, uh, mentors and stuff about like how you're only supposed to focus on this during grad school. And I was just like, yeah, nah, something told, spirit told me. And I'm a person that definitely very much listens to spirit and spirit told me i need to do this now so i'm doing this now and now three almost four years later you know i'm still doing this um but yeah it hasn't been easy and there's been you know <laughs> moments where my part-time passion wasn't doing it and i have to hustle hustle with the business and you know that's why i say i'm kind of like semi full-time because even though I'm still navigating both, there have been moments where, yeah, I've had to make sure that like business is in flux because, you know, this isn't working over here. Um, but I, I think like being able to, like I said, create that cost risk analysis for yourself and, and, and understand what it is that you want your life to actually look like, you know, how you want to design your life, you know, cause for me, I wanted my life to have a lot of spaciousness. I didn't want to have a full-time position. So like where I am, it's a part-time position and it pays me well. 
um, and then I pick up, you know, other different freelance things for my business and outside of my business. Um, and I have a, such a diverse set of skill sets that it's like I'm able to, you know, monetize different things that may not necessarily connect to my business, but will, you know, bring in this income. So I have that, you know, I'm from Baltimore, so I have that hustler, <laughs> that hustler spirit, that hustler mentality, you know, but I'm still not yet in the position um right now I'm, I'm saving up to where i actually don't want to work like period you know i want you know the business to be really kind of a hobby like a hobby that will still make me money but not to the point where i have to hustle so now i'm at the point where i'm, I'm saving up money i'm saving up you know um uh a year's worth of expenses so that i can just you know just be easy breezy and allow things to, to come as they as they may. Um, but that takes a lot of like patience and that takes a lot of planning. So you really have to like sit and think like, how do I want, what do I want my life to look like my day to day, three months from now, six months from now, a year from now, and start planning that. Not get all in your head about it, but start, you know, um, really envisioning what that life looks like and then start taking steps to carry it out and as far as you know the idea of like i've been trying this i've been trying this and it hasn't been working again like patience and and i cannot overstate or understate patience enough um because there's our time and, and how we feel like things should be happening. And then there's the universe time. And the funny thing is like, first off, time is infinite, you know, and it's also elusive, elusive, elusive. Like it's, it's, it's a real thing, but it's also very abstract. You know, we can't really like quantify it, but it's, it's, it's infinite. Like we always have time, but we think that we don't because we are operating on, again, I want things to happen now. Whenever I start thinking like, oh, I'm not at a position of, you know, where I want to be or, you know, this is frustrating X, Y, and Z. I take uh, a stock of where I was, you know, a month before or six months before or a year before. And I talk to that person and I'm like, yo like there's a a, a, a framed uh image of me with this in interview and i'm like that person wouldn't i wouldn't even have known that that person could have done that in like less than a year you know what i'm saying so like me me thinking that i need to speed things up things are already happening and a rapid fire expansion you know what i mean i just don't see it because i'm like deep, deep in it and i'm thinking like oh i always have to go that's why it's very important to like Take a moment, breathe, sit still and reflect and give yourself a lot of grace and know that you are, you're probably a whole lot uh, ahead than you give yourself credit for. So yeah, just be able to reflect and, and be like, okay, I'm getting there. I'm not in the same position today that I was in yesterday. So I've made progress and I'm gonna keep progressing. Amen, amen. None of us are where we would want to be, but get better 1%. Read that in a book. Um, get better 1% and you will definitely be happier in a year than where you were and more progressive. So I want people to go check out the link. Whether you are listening, which I know the majority of you are a listening artist, our audience, excuse me. Um, you know, dyslexia pops in sometimes. Um, and if you are a listening 
I want you to go check out the link. If you're watching, I want you to check out the link. I want all of you guys to share this game. And we're going to take this conversation off air because you guys got enough homework to go tap in, check out some books, check out some courses, check it out, purchase all the power of purchasing. Don't just talk about it. Be about it. You guys, share this with somebody. It will change their life. Be blessed. This piece is called Tumbao, inspired by Celia Cruz. Esta negrita tiene tumbao. Sweet percussive sounds announces her presence as she walks with the syncopation of ancestral drums embedded in the curvaceous spine of her sinewy backside. Dale, mommy, ay. It's a full moon rising. Mucho maya que hay en sus caderas. Cascading craters explode cuando te muevas. Todo el mundo te mira y fascina, así que no pare tu ritmo, mami. Keep striding in your queenly stride. Strutting with the force that shakes this earth ahora y para siempre. Eso es. Esa negrita tiene tumbao. Hear her heartbeat echo into eternity with every footstep because her passion for la vida is that deep. Living out loud is the only way she can move, more so led by the moon in a magnificent direction. Sus movimientos so deliberate and poignant, the world is struck mute. Impressed by her impressive volume, so boisterous men and women fall victim to the rhythmic sensualidad residing inside her soul. Helplessly captivated por su poder, porque infinite ashe tiene ella. Ashe. Y azúcar. She has it all. Birth by la luna, celestial badness blesses her beauty as night shades her spirit, shrouding her essence in beloved mystery. Who is this? Quien es? Esa divina. Howling wild and gliding gloriously into her greatness. Eclipsed by black girl magic y la brujería. Quien es? This lunar goddess. This seductive enchantress stealing hearts and snatching souls in a swift, sultry-eyed second, unrepentant for the sacred possessions she seizes. Esa negrita es mi madre, mis hermanitas, mija futura bonita. Ella es mi, la emperatriz. Y tiene todo el tumbao y más, y más, y más. Esa negrita tiene toda. La injería, la salsa feria y esencia divina, el amor. I, she, we are rhythm. Míranos y escucha bien. Eso, mamita. Thank you. Strumming my pain with his finger, killing my life 
with his words Killing me softly with his arms Killing me softly Please, killing me softly with this mentally titillating madness. This lyrical connection of thoughtful intercourse, he entered his scholarly instrument inside of my brain. Seducing my internal contemplations with his feral intelligence, he telepathically beflowered my aura, unchastely leaving his mental mark behind a special stain signifying his presence. Now my train of thoughts are scattered, flooded with wicked distractions. My perception will never be the same. He parted his lips. And sexy innocence tongue-kissed knowledge in a breathtaking move that defied social pretension and all taboos against public displays of affection because it's difficult to control how I'm affected in public. I experience multiple orgasms, oral spasms and psychological wetness. Sharing space and exchanging energies with this individual, he now exists in my chakras, wonderfully defiling my essence. Inducing climatic expressions through scintillating, scintillating conversations. This man, this man is killing me softly. Killing me softly with his song. Killing me softly with his song. Telling my whole life with his words. Killing me softly. Are you tired of the rat race in America? Are you ready to visit the motherland to relax and rejuvenate? Are you ready to explore all that Africa has to offer? Then check out the brand new Diversified Game Academy course, Prepare for My First Trip to Africa. Are you worried about being able to afford the trip? We got you. We will show you how to travel either on a budget or as a baller. Learn how to stress the value of the USD. Did you know that 100 United States dollars is worth over 1,000 South African rand or 10,000 Kenyan shillings or 54,250 West African CFA? Are you worried about taking your kids? Get the game from Kellen Cash, a bona fide world traveler, having traveled to almost 20 countries, several of those in Africa. Get the game on taking your kids on their first trips. Learn how to find the best tickets, get the visas, and plan your own adventures in Africa. Don't let Eddie Murphy have all the fun. Plan your own coming to Africa trip starring you, produced by you, and featuring you. 
If you are ready for a life-changing experience, sign up for our course today, Diversified Game Academy. Get prepared and purchase at diversifiedgame.com. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit diversifiedgame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.